Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's up, guys? Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. It's episode 531. Uh, Thank you for being here. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for the positivity. Um, If you're on Patreon, a special heartwarming thank you there um that community is turning into a lot of fun um we have a lot in store for you guys on that uh series uh just launched uh got some early launch episodes a new thoughts from a steve series is in there don't forget about steve everyone always asks like what happened to steve where's steve you don't talk to steve anymore no i do he does a series for us so uh, he does a series underneath WCB. We just keep him behind a paywall because he's a loose cannon. So he can do whatever he wants over there, and most people get it. Um, the guy's reckless, but we love him. So check out Thoughts from Steve. That new episode just launched. Um, let's get a little bit of news out of the way here. Um, so before you dive too deep into this episode, I just want to let you know this was a camp-recorded episode. So not in a studio we didn't even really have mics in Africa. We just did what we could with the couple uh, mobile recorders we had. We didn't bring all the crap. Um, it was like mics and headsets and stands and all that stuff. So um, I did the best that I could with my redneck abilities to make it sound clean. So just know that it's a camp podcast and it's not an in-studio mic podcast. If you know that, you'll be fine. We're in South Africa literally day two or three during our trip. And then next week, we have an even, uh, it's a pretty exciting podcast, uh, something we haven't announced uh, from from that hunt in Africa. Um, we, the first part of it's a recap. The second part is a, a literally around the campfire and us drinking and having a great time and, and kind of having a celebration. So uh, look, look for that. Uh, this weekend in Bloomington, Illinois, is the Illinois Deer and Beer Fest. So that's August 27th and 28th, Bloomington, Illinois, at the Interstate Center there. Uh, we're also hosting the After Party, Working Class Bowhunter After Party after the show. Uh, Cody Christian's playing. Uh, in my opinion, Cody Christian's like the next Chris Stapleton. Uh, look him up. Check out our socials. He's on there. And then Dustin Huff. Dustin Huff has been a professional musician for a while, and then he shot the the U.S. typical record. 
uh, interviewed him on DeerCast, and we hit him up like, dude, you, you know how to put on a good show. You're a big deer killer, and I'm sure he likes cold beer, so you're the perfect fit for our after party. He's like, yeah, I'll be there. One of the nicest guys ever. They're both great musicians. Uh, so come out, have some cold beer. Let's talk about the upcoming deer season. Let's listen to some great music. Um, we're running a preseason sale for a bunch of our merch, and we actually have new merch that's coming hot off the press for that show this week. So um, some new designs. We got new hats on the way. We're working on stuff. There's a lot of stuff Eric's working on in the hopper for shirts and just different things. Uh, what else is new? There's some stuff coming. I'm hoping launching before October 1. Some exciting stuff as far as working class bow hunter um, is basically as a company. So uh, the WCB uh, platform in itself. We got some things in the works, some light restructuring that's going to make a little more sense, some new things coming, um, some new people coming on board underneath the WCB umbrella. There's some exciting stuff in the works. We're pumped about it. It's just uh, it's a timing thing. It just takes time to get all the stuff worked through. So just know there's some cool stuff coming. Um, and I think that's it. We got an upcoming episode with Bonanza that will be at that show. That's a weekend. It's in Dubuque, Iowa, the weekend before deer season. We'll get into detail on that. Um, that's really the only shows we're going to be at before deer season starts. And then, you know, the drill, everybody's hunting and having a good time. So that being said, uh, episode 531 podcast is always presented by elite archery. Uh, man, the new elites are performing, of course, flawlessly. We love them. It's kind of nice to knock the dust off of them. Uh, really no dust, just kind of break the ice with them, um, in Africa a little earlier than, most of your western trips or fall hunting season so that was pretty awesome uh code wcb if you're looking at anything from the outdoor group um also big time we are going to be the big time authorized dealer at illinois deer and beer fest so if you want to get some seed supplemental feed whatever you're doing um we will be your dealer for that come see us well, they're right next to us pretty much at illinois deer and beer uh but the code for big time uh wcb 2022 um, I've been seeing a lot of guys getting their buck brunch in, their main event in. It's not too late. You can still get it in to just be uh, be proactive with it. So, uh, yeah, Big Time's been killing it. Super proud of that partnership. Um, it makes perfect sense for us. Um, and I think, you know, working class-wise, it's like buck brunch is like our anthem food plot seed. I don't know how it gets any better. WCB 2022 there. Save yourself some money. Also, Huntworth. Man, uh, the new Heat Boost stuff is out. Have you seen that? Get on there and check it out. Um, I feel Huntworth still is uh, a little overlooked yet in the bow hunting community, especially in the Midwest, which is crazy because it's priced so good and they offer so much for the bow hunter um, that doesn't want to spend $500 on a jacket. You can spend that money and get a full suit, everything you need, um, three different patterns to pick from. Um, check them out. They just ended a sale. Uh, if you missed that, I'm sorry, but we have a code for you, WCB15. Um, and I, I literally can't say enough about Huntworth gear. We used it. I've used it for a cold ass mountain lion hunt with that heat boost. So I was testing it out. Performed amazing. Um, crazy cold temps, and especially on a snowmobile, you're just kind of you're gonna freeze no matter what. Um, but through the deep snow, got my lion on the way out. Um, you know, I think I would have had a hard time with anything else um, all the way through, you know, of course, deer season and then to Africa. So we've, we've pretty much ran it through all the climates you'd want to run it through, um, but it's performed great. So WCB 15 uh, Huntworth Old Barn Taxidermy. Man, have you seen that new G2 form that came out? That's an Old Barn um, 
I don't know if you call it a sister company or I don't know what it is, but Old Barn, Sam Gaylord and the crew have developed the G2 Forms company. So if you've been seeing that online, like what's old, what's working class sharing this other text number stuff, it's still Old Barn. It's just this killer line of forms that they came out with um, that look amazing. Um, all the mounts we've gotten in the last year from Old Barn have been on that form. And every time someone comes in the studio, we get compliments on them. So check out Old Barn Taxidermy. Be thinking about your taxidermy coming into the fall. Spend all this money, all this time, hard work leading up to the season. Don't fucking go cheap on your taxidermy. Just please don't. Uh, call Old Barn. Any questions, they're helpful. If you have an idea, hey, can you do this? Hey, I have this. Call them up. They'll, they'll take care of you. I promise. There are people. Um, also, Camofire. Uh, Doug would always say, delete your browser history. Camofire.com. And I'm on there right now. Um, they have hang-on tree stands, 38% off right now. It's all hang-ons, actually, right now, today. It's a different – there's a lot of days there's different themes. Um, and you can get deals. There's game carts, 41% off. Um, ex- ex- um, expandable? Extendable? Extendable saws, uh, 31% off. Uh, ground blinds, ground blind chairs, all that stuff. It, it's revolving. So after uh, 13 hours, this expires and new deals reload on the website. It's very fun. It's uh, it's uh, it's dangerous. Don't let your wife know that. Actually, just don't tell your wife about camo fire, unless she's like really cool. She might not suck when it comes to deer hunting, but it's just better not to keep her in the dark on that one. If she's listening, just buy her some Starbucks. She'll be fine. Um, the podcast is also brought to you by Novix Tree Stands. So Novix Tree Stands will also be at Illinois Deer and Beer Fest this weekend. I think real close to us, come out and see the boys out there. Great crew at Novix. We we love that entire family. They're killing it. They're putting out a quality product. Ready to hunt. You open it out of the fucking box, and you can put it on a tree and hunt out of it. You're not getting one of them cheap, expanded metal ones where you need all the a wrench, and it's already falling apart as you're putting it together, and you're trusting your life on those shit cables. What are you doing? It's like spend a little money and get something that you know you're going to use. It's going to last you a long time. Uh, the Hilo stays in the truck. Anytime you need to make a move, that's what I do with mine. Um, it stays ready to go. I have a couple pre-hung Novix setups just for uh, when I feel lazy. But if you need to make a move, you don't want to be like, shit, I got to go pull a stand, disrupt all that, pull it, and then make a move. So um, I keep one in the chamber at all times. So Novix code WCB22. I was notified last week that the code still works, so it's not quite up to its 200 uses. Once it hits that, it's done. So the code is gone. You won't be able to save your money. So check them out. Novix Tree Stands, code WCB22. Um, also, Spy Point Trail Cameras, the new Flex, uh, for me is killing it. I currently have... One, two, I have four running right now, and they're performing great. I love that uh, you can do firmware updates over the air. You don't have to come in and mess with an SD card and not really know what you're doing and formatting and all that. does it over the air. Um, there's a test button. There's a format button right on it. It's the easiest cell cam I've ever used to set up, um, so check them out at SpyPoint. And I'll tell you, SpyPoint is changing uh, what people normally know about SpyPoint. Like you, you, We do see the negative comments on it, but I'm telling you, they are actively working to resolve the issue, like the old stigma with some of those cams, like worked out the kinks. Like the new Flex is incredible. 
I would recommend it to anybody. I'm telling you, and it's it's pretty damn inexpensive for uh, what you're getting. So check out Spy Point. Uh, we love that family there. So on with the episode. We hope you guys enjoy this. Thanks for being here. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is a podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like Working Class Bow Hunter. It's really, really not that good. Working class bow hunter podcast. We're in South Africa in hunting camp right now, and we're drinking uh, Castle Light red wine because that's what they do here. Uh, Durbanville Hills red wine. And Maker's Mark, Maker's Mark, and mixed drinks, bourbon and cola. So we're starting this podcast Brandy off. And Coke. We learned last night. I don't know. Is, that a, is it a South African thing, or is it just something you guys made up on the fly? The fines. It's it's pretty much we do it with most of the groups and that. So it's so it's nothing that we've just made up, but it's yeah. it's pretty much a whole lot of fun. So well, when so, you said you know at the airport, you're like, oh, I got a fine coming. I'm like. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so we learned, we watched um, a lot of shots being poured, and we were wondering what the hell was going on. And then it was basically like, it's an all for fun. But if you messed up or did something stupid, you get fined for it, and you have to take a shot. So we're starting this podcast off. We're all getting fined, or there's a lot of shots, a lot of shots poured. <laughs> Either and, that uh, or one person's getting fined a lot. Yeah, yeah. so we're going to just start... The podcast off with fines. We'll try and make it. Um, so this is a good thing. Like if, if you have a buddy hunting with you and he fucks up doing something, give him a fine. Fine his ass. Give him a shot. Of Which our fine is a shot of what are we doing tonight? Jägermeister. Shot of Jägermeister. Oh, that's Jäger again. Is it always Jäger? Until tomorrow. Until tomorrow. Until tomorrow. Until tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's hit, let's dish out some fines. All right. Who are we starting with? Oh, that's a big Stewart's fine. Stewart's got a big oh, fine. Oh, holy smokes. <laughs> I guess this is going to Johan. What? Why? Because he's feeling quite sick. Uh, because, oh. because, 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 because he's been a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> that's brutal. There's a big that, one. That Copenhagen guy. Oh, there it is. Fun. I'm not going to lie. i shit myself after that. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'll, I'll I'll dish out my first one, and um, I think we had a pretty awesome day today. But Kurt, <laughs> when you want to shoot your mate's animals, that's, <laughs> oh, that's fucking harsh. Okay, <laughs> I mean, you know, Jacob had a beautiful diker lined up, and he said, "You know what? I'm going to scream and shoot it." And I said, "Oh, you know, you can't be that nasty." <laughs> That's for you. For the record, I didn't shoot the diker. No, but I'll take that fine. That's very fair. Yeah. All right. Hey. Woo. 
Yikes. God, Jaeger is rough. Yeah, as you know, Is it no. chill tonight at no. least? Um, okay. um, it doesn't look chill. It could be more chilled. <laughs> yeah, it could. <laughs> we waited too long. Demands for Eric. Was saying the whole two days he wants to see an ostrich. And uh, ostrich stands for like 10 minutes and then he doesn't want to shoot. <laughs> Passing an ostrich. Passing Findable offense. Findable offense. There's no damn Santa Claus yet, but just drink it down. Always shoot the ostrich. Mr. Christopher. Yeah, so I have a fine for Ashley. Oh. Nope. So we get into the blind and she makes me throw all the poor little geckos out. Otherwise she refused to sit there. So we had to spend about 10 minutes just clearing the blind for geckos before we could start our hunt. And they're, and they're all back in the blind, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're, they're, they're back in there within well, an hour. We just hung out with them. Give me one. Yeah. No, I, I don't have one. Uh, they've been good today. Ruan, <laughs> Ruan, come on. <laughs> I thought I was going to get... I probably have another fine coming. I bet I can think about it. I did three yesterday. <laughs> How much is left in the bottle? Oh, oh, oh shit. Is For everyone listening, there's a lot of fines yeah, left. There's like... No, no, at least no, ten. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, Doug's going to get a fine? <laughs> I think I heard Doug? three. I'm gonna give you two. Two's enough. Whoa. Oh, we're getting three. Two. Doug's getting two fines. Two fines. Doug is getting a, two, a double fine for a 50 inch suit ball. I was standing 50 meters away and uh, he decided, should I, should I not? And I think it's worthy of two shots. <laughs> <laughs> Doug passed okay. a kudu. A 50 inch kudu. Was that a bow range? Out of bow range at 50 meters. My man. What's 50 meters? About 50 yards. About 50 okay. Yards. So 55 yards. yards. 55 yards. So basically, yards. not confident of your... Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll only clap on the second one. Huh? We'll only clap on the second one. Yeah, you gotta be involved. <laughs> there you go, then. Wait, this one, is it for something different? Same thing. No, no, same one. Oh, it's, it's, it's for a horn. Okay. It's yeah, it's for, it's, it's for each 50 inch horn. There you go. There you Alright, this is fun. Woo. I think fun. people are going to be finding everyone in hunting camps now. Yeah, we're we're going to start something. Here. I like this. Oh. Gosh, this is so dangerous. There's a, a, what do you call that? A flight of fines. Yes. We, we got to find this exact flight for the studio. Oh, that'd be easy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alright, this one, this fine is going to Ethan for uh, choking on a corn chip and scaring all the animals. Away. <laughs> 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 That's a good one. That's a good one. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome. Only animals and sausage. Yay! Mr. Kurt, do you have any? Well, you think on it. I have a fine for my lovely husband. Oh, For shit. making our wonderful, brilliant PH dump the piss out of his bottle today because he left it in the blind. I didn't make it. <laughs> I, went back, I went back to dump it out and it was already gone. <laughs> All right. I don't have any fun. Mind you, I'm the only one that's pissing the bottles, I guess. <laughs> well, Stuart is. I am. Yes, I'm not going to lie. I pissed and shit outside yesterday and everything came out. I don't have any fines. I don't actually have any fines today. That counts as a fine. Okay, um, you know, I, I do have a fine, actually. 
I'm gonna hand one off here. Eric, you're getting a fine because okay. I feel like it was weird that you shot a guinea today. <laughs> <laughs> because he hates turkey so much. Yeah. yeah, he myself. Eric all of a sudden comes to another continent and he cares about birds. He wants to shoot birds. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of weird. I thought Doug was the bird man. Yeah. Well, Eric's normally the fuck turkeys guy. Oh. We're <laughs> trying to get me shot, you asshole. You're loudly negotiating who gets this fine. <laughs> okay, so my fine goes to Ethan for carrying a pistol and a rifle and being scared shitless of spiders the whole time. That's a fair fine. Fair fine, yeah. Come on. That blind was loaded with spiders. I thought you were going to find them just for carrying firearms, and I was like, well, we are in Africa. (laughs) 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 All right, there's only a handful uh, left. I'm going to find Eric. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Is it just just, I get three every night or what? (laughs) I don't fuck up that much. it should have been where I was from what came in. All right, we'll talk about that. Uh, We'll break that down. That's not my fault. We could have petted it. Exactly. I would have gave it to Ethan. Right we'll just drink it in any case. I'm just going to drink yeah, it. Yeah, we'll give it to Ethan, but he just got yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Hey. Just listen, if I don't wake up tomorrow to go hunting, you know why this stack right here. Yeah. Well. All right. I see two. Is there two more loose spines? One more. Yep. Oh, jeez, Doug. Doug's full, two, of, there's, Doug's there's full th- of energy. There's three finds on the loose that are anyone's dig. To give. You're looking at me awfully close, Austin. Go ahead, Austin. I don't have a fine for anybody. I just want a shot. There we go. I was worried you were going to make up a fine for me. Here. Nobody find me, so I figured I better do it. Oh. Well, you, you should have waited because my next fine is for Austin. <laughs> <laughs> is for shooting uh, possibly probably better Neal than I did yesterday. Ooh. I bet we're both pretty, I bet we're pretty even. That's an Thank offensible you. fine. Yeah. Uh, Worthy the offense. <laughs> I got one. Who hasn't had a fine yet? I think Leah said that. Speak up. up. Yeah. Yeah. Leah yeah. said down there. Oh. <laughs> this is for keeping it in between, between the lines. Your wife hasn't had one yet at all. Stuart hasn't had been fined yet. I'm just going to give Stuart the fine because he hasn't had one. He got fined twice That was yesterday. Today's a new day. Okay. Today's a new day, right? Yes, Today's please. Today's new fine. Yes, please. Yes, yes please. please. <laughs> he was waiting for some of the fine. Uh, hey, I'm still fine. Uh, yeah. All right. How many are left? Doug's got the last one. Doug's got the last one. That's for Wuhan. For being the devil on my shoulder trying to get me to bust out the rifle. <laughs> yeah! It's a bow hunting camp. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, fair. Oh, there we go. Well, that was fun. It's quite, it's quite nice. Nothing like having good mates. That was fun. <laughs> that so, was fun. If, if you're at hunting camp at home, I think that's going to be a WCB tradition now, too, like even at the studio. 
Yeah. Because it's just a way to like give your buddy shit and also have a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you get rid of all the shitty booze that has just been sitting at your bar for <laughs> <Right>. a <laughs> Hey, and we might have some of that. Yeah, that I think we got a bottle of Hennessy that's been there since Steve first came to the studio. <laughs> Depending on how bad the offense is, that, de- that determines what alcohol we bust out for. Yeah, but the bad thing is if there's a bad enough offense, the liquor gets bad for everybody. So And then you get the double shot shot glass. <sighs> Easy. We'll send you some Texas moonshine, boys. There we go. I want some of the... What's the South African liquor? The... Uh, Vitblitz. That's great. I, I like that. Oh, no. The, you're talking about the ginger the brandy. Ginger, the ginger. The ginger brandy. The ginger brandy. So, so we have something very similar to your guys' moonshine called Vitblitz. Mm-hmm. It's um, Omampur. Um, and that is... You could fly a bloody aeroplane with it. Jet fuel, huh? Do we have that here in camp? I think, yes, we can find some. Oh, jeez. Yes, we'll try some. Next round I'm already finds. bowing out on that one. The next, the next round of finds we got. Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll, hey, we'll do it towards that. the end when no one's going to get up yeah. early and yeah. hunt. You if, know? I, if, I still, if I kill a certain animal, we're all doing that. 100%. Yeah. So let's do this before we get too deep into this because we're going to try and do a few podcasts here so everyone um, is involved. We figured this is the first one. We're day three, right? Day three? Yep. yep. Um, so we figured it'd be a good day to record because we've experienced some things. Um, I'll just round table have everyone introduce themselves because this isn't we're not on the microphones as you guys already know like we're very mobile recording so uh, I'll do what I can in post production to clean it up but uh, very hey. mobile because we're halfway around the world yeah we're on another continent so suck it <laughs> what do you mean actually, actually, you right I dropped a the pin today so from here to home is 8,740 miles really and how far Fun is fact. it around the world I don't know no. <laughs> so we don't know if we're halfway well for the sake of this podcast <laughs> yeah. we're halfway yeah. Uh, so if the audio quality is not what it normally is, Daddy's just doing the best he can over here. So I'll, I'll do what I can. But I figured, Jacob, we'll start with you. That way, people can kind of know the voices, and then we'll just kind of roundtable it around. I'm Jacob Johnson. Hi, Jacob. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I like how he leaned in. It. I wish I was on video because he's like, I'm. Jacob I'm Austin Chandler. Hi, Austin. <laughs> Hi, Austin. Hi, Hi, Kurt. Eric Common. Hi, Eric. Stuart Pringle. Hi, Stuart. Kurt Geyer. Hi, Kurt. Hey, Kurt. <laughs> Doug Schmidt. You're hey, Doug. Hey, Doug. Stuart Pringle is the man behind the WCB Africa bow camp. So shout out to you, and thank you, sir, for helping this become a possibility. Um, and thanks for having us. I yeah, mean, this has been yeah. incredible. No, you're absolutely welcome, and I'm pleased to have you guys, and obviously your better halves here with you. Just makes it so much prettier having your ugly buggers here with some decent mm-hmm. looking girls. <laughs> Except for me and Doug. Doug's, <laughs> Doug's my wife. My That's true. <laughs> yeah. Boys yeah. camp. Hey. Boys camp. You know? Boys camp. We got our <laughs> own boys right. camp. Um, but no, we, we met Stuart. The connection happened through um, Old Barn Taxidermy. Uh, shout out to Sam. And, yep. Um, you know, so that just kind of worked out and we talked about it and it's like, all right, we're doing it. And then it got real and then that's when Jacob joined. You know, if you listen to the pre-trip, uh, podcast we did um we kind of break down how it all came about so we don't need to go too far into detail but uh yeah Stuart's like come on down you guys will have a great time uh got down here the flight uh sucked there's no way to around it and what's funny when we're all on the flight i'm like fuck this sucks like i don't know like i i'll be honest at one point i was also having like stomach problems on the plane so i was a little more miserable than everybody else <laughs> i think and i was like fuck I don't know if I'll ever do this again. This sucks so yeah, bad. I'm pretty sure you like, told me that. You leaned in you're like... Well, on the flight down, in my defense, the first, like, 13 and a half hour flight, I'm in the middle. Doug's on my left, thank God. And then next to me, I had a... a- 
girl. But she's just was taking up part of my seat. Like a missionary. <laughs> yeah, they were sweet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're all on a mission trip, and they were so nice. Um, but I, it's just, I, it was just someone I didn't know sitting next to me, you yeah. know, and it just so was uncomfortable. uncomfortable. And I was stiff the whole time, and I just had to fart, and it didn't work out. <laughs> so I think I think we all thought the the trip over here were like. I hope this is worth it. Well, you just don't know. You just don't know. Right. You don't know. You don't know what to expect. Well, you're in in there for 22 or 23 hours, but when you figure the time you leave your house until the time you arrive at camp, it's almost two full days to get there. It is, yeah. But that's what's cool about, like, I think us doing this camp is we kind of get to test the feelers on this for the listener, the guy, that the average person, because... I think when people think Africa, they think Jim Shockey, big money Africa. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like Jim's over yep. here and you see him hunting crazy stuff that you didn't mm-hmm. even know existed. And you know what I mean? It's It almost seems out of touch. And it's really not out of touch. And that's mm-hmm. the cool thing. Like, Sewer, we've been talking over the three days. I think we need to cover that. Like, it's a very realistic trip. And we can attest to all that, everyone here. I mean, working class guys, like, this is totally affordable. For this is work. cheaper than a guided elk hunt in the States. That's yeah. what we were, we were talking about. About that down at camp, I mean, you know, some of them elk hunts can be ten, fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, whether you kill one or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, for five, six, seven, eight grand, it's, it's really up to you what you spend. If you have a yeah. budget, I think that probably where we could start with this, Stuart, and, and feel free to chime in at any point. Get a hold of you, and they can just be like, "Hey, this is the budget I'm working on," and then you—that's the, probably the best place to start, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the big thing is. Most of your African safaris are related to what type of money you want to spend. I mean, you could come and spend a fortune or you could come on a tight budget. So basically you want to, you know, you want to go back and you have your money's worth, you Mm -hmm. know. So everyone goes, there's no ways I can afford to go to Africa. You're not hunting leopard or lion or elephant or anything like that. You're actually hunting animals and um, you could go back home with, five or six different trophy animals for what you would on a mule deer or elk hunt. So yeah. it is very affordable, and we've got fantastic areas. So definitely look look into it and mm. you know, give us a shot and give the boys a shot and find out a little more about it because otherwise no one knows, you know. Yeah, it just it seems unrealistic. And I think the, the TV Africa hunts make it seem crazier. Out, out, out of reach, you know. Out of reach, yeah. But And I think, too, probably the next – I imagine what maybe we'll get some maybe grief or not grief, but probably questions. It's like, how can you shoot so many animals in a seven day hunt? Yeah. And I, from my perspective, the basic answer is there's way more of them here. There's how many species of antelope? Well, let's just say this. I mean, we <coughs> yesterday we seen every species on the list besides two in one day yesterday. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, throughout Southern Africa, I mean, we, we've got 40-plus species of animals to hunt. But for a boat trip, you know, we select our areas. I mean, we this is an area where we wanted to come and get some really good top-class uh, animals. So mm-hmm. that's why we selected this area. So pretty much like we said, the budget is yours, you know, to, you know, figure out how you want to get here and um, take it from there. You know, mm-hmm. you, it's all affordable. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on what your, your hit list is. And we talked about this a little bit because I think since all of us have gotten here, all of our hit list has changed. Like we yep. had animals in mind that we thought we wanted. And then you come here and you see certain animals. And I think what's so cool about Africa and the different animals is like, 
each one of us like a different animal for different reasons, and we might not have a great explanation why. It just like like kind of clicks different with everyone. It clicks yeah. different with everyone. Yeah. Like mine, for some reason, like water buck is like one I kind of like was drawn to. Yeah, and you know, and like uh, Jacob, yours was I feel like yours was like a niallo. Yeah, yeah. It's hard because when you're at, when you're at home and you're looking at all the animals in South Africa and stuff, and you're looking at like the you know obviously the Cape buffalo, the elephant, the giraffe, and all that stuff, and all the big stuff. But then you kind of forget about some other some of the other things. You start looking at more of the plains games, and sometimes you're just looking at them and you're like, oh my god. Like for some reason, in the eye is just like beautiful. And most, beautiful. Time, yeah. beautiful. and most times, like from the facial, for the facial markings to the horns to the shape and the longer hair and everything else, it's like this is a really cool animal. Yeah, it, sure. is, it, most, it is probably our most beautiful antelope that we have. Mm-hmm. I would say because of the long hair and the markings mm-hmm. and the stripes and the spots and being part of the spiral antelope. You know, I definitely believe it's one of the prettiest we have in South Africa. You know, if you go slightly north, you get Bongo, Lord Derby, Eland, and things like that, which, you know what, it's tough to say which is prettier, but mm-hmm. definitely your Nyala for South Africa, all the spirals, Nyala, Kudu, you know, um, Bushbuck, they're, they're just fantastic and beautiful animals. But um, cool. I think mm-hmm. you chose, a, you know, your... The animal that you chose as your icon is definitely one of the prettiest we have here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very cool. Like the kudu is awesome just because of all the. It makes so many spirals up, mm-hmm. but yeah. at the same time, like the niala, just the whole coat, like the whole. It's got the whole package. It's got the whole package. Yeah, yeah. It's, Agreed. It's, it's a gorgeous animal, and you don't really appreciate it for what it is until you get here and you yeah. see it in person. Because you can look at it on pictures on yeah. Google and whatever else, and look at it and think it's pretty or whatever else. But yeah. when you get here in person, you actually see it at 20 yards, and you're like, this is happening. Yeah. The pictures picture don't know? do it justice. I no. Mean, no. Like, yeah, I couldn't get, I could, yeah. In person, I couldn't get drawn back fast enough. I'm like, this is happening right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's well, I think every I'm, animal that walked in, I, I kept looking at the list. I'm like, yeah, how much is that animal? <laughs> that thing is beautiful. Every one of them are cool, you know. I had yeah, to take yeah. a picture of the price list and – that way I had it on my phone, so when something came in, I wasn't rustling the paper around. Oh, no. I, I, I brought it with me every day, and in the blinds, you know, I, I found somewhere where I could hang it up, where I could look at it easily. And like, I've caught myself like, what is that? My and then I look. <laughs> yeah. yeah my, I, just, I just look at my wife. Like, can I shoot it? Honey. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I didn't bring my wife, and I wonder why. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, she'll get, we'll get home and figure that out. Well, I, think, I think we'll talk uh, animal, like, hunts and like shot process and stuff here in a little bit but i think uh probably the next thing i mean we could probably break down at some point like a rough price range and it could change you know that way listeners aren't listening rolling their eyes going oh yeah kudu's 15 grand it's not the case like that's not what it is you know so i don't know if if you want to do that maybe we do that on another one when we're a little more prepared certainly could um but just you know, ongoing, you know, we chatted about it in the blind today was, you know, when you arrive here and you, you're not, you're uncertain and you're uncertain about shot placement and everything like that. So Kurt and I thought about, you know, why don't we put two Impala into the deal or the package where you, you do a non-trophy and a trophy. So just to get those nerves and everything out, mm-hmm. shoot shoot your first Impala, good good old age male, and and just get those nerves out of there. And you can Euro mount him, and you know this is my first African animal. And then thereafter, shoot your trophy. 
just to get those nerves settled. Um, I mean, we all agreed it was a little tough that first day with the nerves and not sure how our... A lot went on a trip, you know, yeah, long flight yeah, over, yeah. you're shaking up a little bit. I got bit. my nerves out on missing that jackal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you got fined for that. And I got fined for that first night. One of three. So definitely it's one of the things that we, we chatted about was just to get that... The nervous side of it, because being your first trip, I mean, if you guys, I mean, I'm sure we'll see plenty of you guys, and by the time you get here the second, third, and fourth time, you guys will absolutely know what to expect and what to do and how yep. your, equip, work, your equipment should be set up. And although you did, I mean, all of you guys reached out to me and said, what should we bring? You know, how, how should it all work? And, yep. and, um, I was a little surprised, and all of a sudden we got giraffe on the bloody list, and that, <laughs> that that scared me. And we weren't quite set up for that, but we can make it all work, guys. And you know that's just something you know we can figure out. So yeah, and, and that's I mean, come to say like if you if there's not an animal on your list that you want to shoot that could be on the list when you see the prices when you get here, these guys are going to make it work. If you if that's yeah. an animal on your list, you're like, hey, I want to shoot this. These guys will figure it out and get that animal in front of you. You just got to communicate, I think, and that's. Yeah. I think that's what the unknown of how everything's going to be is like, where the reluctancy is for someone mm-hmm. to do a big trip, and that's where I think this WCB Africa camp can kind of open the door for a lot of people. Because I feel like when we go to camp, we we like to hang out down with people and have fun, but it's like, okay, I'm scared. I'm scared to book a trip like this because it's scary. Mm-hmm. You got that flight sucks. It seems so. It's so far away. Are you going to be able to – is my wife going to be cool with it? Is whatever, whoever going to be cool with it? Can I go? Well, you know what? Stuart's such an awesome guy. You're down to earth and you're comfortable to talk to. It's so like, hey, what about this? You can ask as many questions as you want and you're going to be accommodating for it. And then that gives you your comfort. And then you get here. We've already been here. You guys already know like what to expect through us. So we've already having a great time. The trip's not even – hell, is even halfway over? No. You know, it's like – halfway is tonight. It's no well, tomorrow, 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 tomorrow lunchtime. Tomorrow lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're already having a blast, you know, and it's um, it's very mm-hmm. achievable. And we're already like, yeah, we're coming back, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, maybe there's something we do in the future for a WCB Africa camp where we throw together like a WCB package, so everybody kind of knows what to expect, or you know, absolutely, who knows what we could pull off. But um, and can I say right now, right. The, the accommodations right now for our where we're staying, the food, I mean, the drinks, I mean, we need to spend some time on that just on the accommodation yes. side of things. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly, that's mind. the most impressive thing that I've seen since I've been here. I brought my wife with me and I'm glad that I did just so she could experience this whole thing with me. I mean, between the food, the the lodging, I mean, everything is five star. Mm-hmm. Very oh, impressive. Five star. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, for the price of killing the animals and everything else, it's cheap, but with the accommodations... You could you could never go anywhere in the world and have these accommodations and you could not have a, have a good time. You could not do it. You well, do it. My, my wife and I were just talking too. It's like if you go to like you know the Bahamas or Mexico or wherever else, wherever else you perceive like your vacation spot to be is, you can go there and you can have like probably the same accommodations that we're having here, but everything's gonna be outcharged. You want a bottle of red wine at dinner? That's Hundred bucks, whatever, yeah. fifty bucks, wherever, wherever it is, you know, everything's an upcharge. They're always trying to upsell you. Here, it's like you get here and not. Hey guys, it's me again, coming to interrupt your podcast. Um, hope you guys are enjoying it. Hope the the audio quality is good enough to get you through your day. And uh, shout out to you if you turn it on first thing. I try to launch them at five a.m. for you guys, so you can hop right on. But the podcast also, of course, brought to you by Scent Crusher. 
uh, use that roller bag to fly down to South Africa, and it also kills scent while we're there. We actually ran, I don't know if you're supposed to do this, but we ran the Halo series in the blind a lot. Uh, I mean, Stuart did just to, uh, swirling winds is a problem there sometimes. So uh, we had ozone rocking in the blind. Um, loophole optics, man, 10 by 42s. Um, rangefinder to fit everybody um whether you're a golfer a rifle shooter or an archer depends what uh what you need there's there's a rangefinder for you and there's one that can also do it all so uh, get on there check that out uh trophy line uh you know we love our novix tree stands and we also love trophy line uh saddle products i guess if you will um i consider them more of a mobile hunting uh company but they are a saddle company uh the new Venatic saddle is now available it's uh, lighter than ever. It's badass. The platforms, the sticks. Um, I used one last year more than I ever have. Um, and Sean and the great crew at Trophy Line uh, was able to help me out a lot just through text. And, uh, and you know, you go up and ask Sean. Don't think that I didn't give him shit about me sitting in a saddle that he, he kind of uh, got me over to the dark side. But uh, they definitely have their place. And, uh, you know, if you're feeling extra lazy, it just makes it easier for you to be mobile. So, uh isn't that really what it is? You want lighter all the time, guys that are trying to make everything lighter. Aren't you just a little lazier? Like, you're still wanting to do the work, but you just don't want to put that much work into it. Um, that'll cause some arguments. I didn't mean that. Uh, but the code for Trophy Line, if you want to get into your own setup or a platform or some sticks, code WCB at TrophyLine.com. So check that out. Great people. Support them. We love them. Um, also, Thermoseat. Thermoseat is one of those companies that's been a partner of ours for a long time. They're great people. And I think Thermoseat always has its place in the outdoors, not only hunting, um, but it's kind of like a lifestyle brand in a way as far as like the products work for everything from camping to fishing to watching sports to even mechanic mats and stuff like that. So uh, we use them. We love them. The D wedge for turkey seasons where it shines the most for us. Um, but don't think that we don't use it when we're hunting in ground blinds and in that new grizzly box blind. There's going to be a thermoseat tucked in there also. So check out thermoseat. Code WCTS saves you some money. And uh, why would you not want to save any money? If you're going to buy something anyway, what are you doing? You know? Um, also, pull back and let go. Our great friends up in Hayward, Wisconsin. Um, great merch company. Great people. Uh, they put out some of the best clothing. Um, great uh, what are they? What would you call them? A plaid? A plaid? Not a plaid. Plaid jackets, shirts. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, awesome hoodies, shirts, hats, all that. Uh, you always see that pull back and let go logo. We're rocking it a lot. Uh, Austin Chandler is probably like the poster boy for pull back and let go. We need to get that guy on a sign. Uh, but check out pull back and let go. Um, all the great clothing they have, and they're great people. And why not support that? And they support us, which means they support you. All right, I'm done interrupting this podcast. Hope you guys enjoy. Peace. Only do you have five five star accommodations, but also you're you're hunting. Yeah. You know, and you're taking your wife out hunting, or you're doing whatever else you want to do. If she doesn't yeah. want to go out. You, she doesn't have to go out. So it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'll also, say you're, having the, you're having the five star accommodations while hunting. You know what the best explanation amazing. for this whole trip is? Austin, you and I were talking about the fire. This is a hunting vacation. Yeah, like, really like you know, you take vacation to go hunting out west, and you. I mean, you work hard here. You got to put the time in to hunt to kill the animals that you want to kill. You're not going to do it sitting here with your feet up. But you know, you go antelope hunting. We're more tired oh, yeah. than we were if we went to a week of work after yeah. antelope hunting. The, the only yeah. work that you're putting in here is pulling the trigger. Like everything is taken care of for you here. It feels, yeah. It's a different experience because we're not used to that. We're hands on. Yeah. 
But oh, also, if, we're, if you're going to fly to another continent, you don't want to have to pack food. Oh, this is <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, You mean you guys didn't bring anything? Yeah, we got, <laughs> mount, we got Mountain House. Free yeah. <laughs> stride meals. No, you, we, yeah. we brought our dumbass jokes. You're acceptable. We, yeah. we brought our buffoonery. That's about it. Yeah, there we go. I'm going to sell people on this right now. Like so. When you go out to the blind... You have a cooler packed for you that has beer in it. Like they pack iced beer for you to go hunt with. Yeah. Okay. I mean, do we need to say anything hey, else? And no. let's let's say this about the blinds. They're not like a pop up blind that everyone has at home. I mean, they're badass. These are concrete blinds yeah. dug in the Tiger. ground. And with tile flooring, nice yeah. my with house. tile flooring <laughs> and carpet and padded seats. I mean, it's bad ass. Top match. I'm telling you right now, you take your shoes off. Like tile is pretty chilly. It's nice. Yeah. When it's <laughs> 90 degrees outside. <laughs> Get so a warm we, we'll, we'll break down all that stuff. <laughs> I want to talk about like Stuart, you and I were talking um, on the truck today about like I feel like there's misconceptions about Africa from the state's perspective, and I feel like a lot of people who've never been to Africa for some reason have this like I know about Africa attitude when they talk about it, like where hunters' dollars are and stuff like that. And I don't know, I just feel like there's a ton of misconceptions, and I really do feel like. Everyone we know that's been to Africa has underplayed right. Africa. Like, I just, I feel like people need to know more about it and, like, how amazing it is here. Um, but we were talking about just kind of rough statistics on, like, where the income, Africa's income or South Africa's South income uh, comes from. And you were telling me something that tourism breaks down roughly what percentage so obviously in South Africa we have mining is is our largest income into the country. You know, um, obviously I'm not familiar with all the stats and all that. Mm-hmm. But number two is tourism and um, hunting makes up, you know, sixty five to seventy percent of tourism. Although you have, you know, thousands of people coming on on, you know. Um, tourist safaris where they go and photographic and see everything and that thousands and thousands of people come over but they don't spend the money the hunters spend you know because if you think in the end of the day the hunter comes he's got a safari camp he pays all the staff here he well not he pays he tips the staff here mm-hmm. and then when he's and he tips the ph and he pays for all his animals and he pays for his accommodation and everything else but then it goes one step further, it goes to the taxidermy, you know, all their staff get paid, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then it gets into shipping and everything like that, yeah. and they all get paid. So there's a long line of stuff. And then obviously not just those side of things benefit, it's where the meat goes to mm-hmm. to all the, you know, we donate a lot of meat to, to local communities, to to um, orphanages, um, old age homes, and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the meat is processed and given to them. We just we don't just go and dump a carcass on their doorstep. Mm-hmm. And say, it's not just a quarter of whatever. Yeah, yeah here, mm-hmm. here's your protein for the week. So whereas tourism, it's basically they arrive there, mm-hmm. they, they're, they're in the safari lodge, and kind of that's where it stops. The only people that are going to get a little extra Maybe a little bit of tips on that is the um, safari staff and, and the guy taking you out on the drives. Mm-hmm. And that's where it stops. So, you know, yeah, somebody might be able to see that kudu three or four or five times, but that kudu is not valued at that three or four or five times. Mm-hmm. That kudu is ten times more valuable to the guy that actually comes and physically hunts it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because 
It's feeding people, paying the taxidermists, paying the shipping companies, the trackers, the skinners, the, the, the professional hunters, and obviously the yeah. outfitters. And, of course, most importantly, when it, once it gets to the U.S., it goes onto somebody's wall where he appreciates it. And every time he looks at it, he goes, good gracious, that was a fantastic safari. That also educates other people there because they're going to ask what it is, and he yeah, talks about yeah, it. So, so that rules um, – I was going to say, I want to back up real quick to what you were saying about, like, you know, <clears throat> feeding the orphanages and everything else, too. It's like a lot – I think – I feel like a lot of Americans, they kind of look at – safari like african safari hunting as being like a rich person thing to do they just go out there and they kill shit and like you said dump 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 the carcass out wherever and say good luck to you kind of thing yeah, a big question on on <clears throat> already on our social media is what do you do with the meat i've exactly. already seen it in the comments yep. and like then the one thing i have to say like the the big fucking uh bha guys type of people where it's like no we don't get to bring the meat home and eat on it every day mm-hmm. but what we get to do is we get to Give the meat to people that need it more than us. They, yeah, they, absolutely. They, we get to give we get to give that meat to people that are less fortunate or maybe also maybe need the protein a little bit more than we do. But then we get to go home. We get the ta- like you were saying, sir. We get the tax ring back. We hang on the wall and we look at it. We reflect back on all the fun we had with yeah. all our friends in camp and everything else and all the fun we got to have here. But also about a, a kudu is huge mm-hmm. and how many mouths we got to feed and help yeah. out. And everything else yeah. while we're out here hunting and doing these things, it's not it, it's not just about bringing the meat home for me personally to eat. That's almost even a little like to me. It, to me, it's even more selfless to come out here and hunt something, give the meat to people that need it, and then sure. re- being able to revel in the the times you had while you had. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we could bring the meat now. back. What, well, what that do we have be for fantastic. Sable, water buck, and Cape Buffalo for yeah. dinner tonight. It's yeah. tremendous. I mean, the mm-hmm. chef that you have on staff, uh, Charles, yep. yeah. he He's knocks chef. it out of the park. Oh I mean, God. the ladies are looking forward to dessert as soon as they wake up in the morning. I mean, this, yeah. guy, this guy's <laughs> not just dessert. Good. They're looking forward to breakfast. And yeah. Not yeah. Even, no. But as far as the wild game goes here, that was a big question for me is, well, how's it going to taste? And it's incredible. I mean, it's, it's, amazing. it's some of the mm-hmm. best wild game, if not the best wild game that I've ever had. It's and to say like Absolutely. he's cooking a lot of the steaks over a fire. Yeah, yeah, even more impressive, right? More impressive because he's. What do you want? Rare, medium rare. Yeah, well done. And you no, say medium rare. No and, thermometer. And it's if you ask for medium rare, that thing is perfect. Yeah, it's money. Mm-hmm. It's, it's bizarre. Well, one thing I want to go back to before we get uh, too off track. We talked a little bit today. Is like, what if hunting left Africa? What would that? Or South Africa specifically? You know, like what would that mean? And we talked a little bit about like cattle ranchers versus like hunting farm ranchers, I guess. And it'd, yeah. be, it'd be pretty ugly if the value on animals and hunting left South Africa. Yeah, certainly we're pretty sad because, you know, hunting has been built up or it was developed from the late, you know, 60s to early 70s. And um, being involved with it in my, in my childhood from the early 70s to – and where we were game capturing the guys were all suddenly creating a value for the animals and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, imagine how sad it would be when these guys have taken over and looked after these animals and preserved them for so long, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the antis just go, they're not valuable anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's the sad part. They mm-hmm. can turn around and make all our animals in Africa non-valuable. It's scary. Because mm-hmm. that's that's the aim. Because they think they 
by stopping the hunting in Africa, they're creating, um, you know, the, the benefit for wildlife and, and, and the protection of wildlife, but they're not because that landowner who – and most of the land in South Africa is privately owned. So mm-hmm. that landowner can turn around and go, you know what, shit, I've still got to pay my people. Mm-hmm. I've still got to pay all the black families I have on my ranch taking care of everything. Well, if if, if the wild animals aren't paying for them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get people to come in and kill them all and so I can put cattle on there because mm-hmm. I can't have the wild animals competing with the cattle because mm-hmm. they're worthless to me. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden everyone turns around and we lose hundreds of millions of wild animals because of people with ignorance, they don't know anything better to it. You know, yeah. they don't. They don't know the damage they're creating by taking the value away from our animals. Yeah, well, and, and that, they think they're doing the right thing by no, like, oh, we're yeah. gonna save the animals. But no, that explanation Stuart shit. just gave That's of perfect. that might be the clearest, cleanest, most example of how hunting benefits the economy here, where it matters most. And it's always been kind of hard to explain. Like I always knew, like without value on the animal, then you know. Any place that relies on hunting, if it's almost seventy percent of its mm-hmm. the country's roughly, that's big big problems real fast. But that's what that's what's annoying is like for some reason the antis get so much more the antis in the states get so much more worked up over mm-hmm. when you kill African game, and exactly, it's yeah. and it's just mm-hmm. and out of pure about, ignorance and they, and they and know nothing about zero. it. You know they yeah. you know probably yeah. Probably ninety nine point nine nine percent of them have never been to Africa, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's the scary part. They do not know how valuable those animals are to us. I mean, if 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 they weren't valuable to us, we wouldn't have them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so the value for those animals to us are live animals, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because we're creating, you know, when when man fences off his ranch and he t- and he wants to. You know, all of a sudden, people say become God or whatever it is. That's not the case. They become the caretakers of those animals. So all of a sudden, they're going, I want to take care of all those animals. I'm going to preserve them. I've mm-hmm. got to let some go, but I'm creating numbers. Okay? It's no different than what we're doing at home it's with white animals. And you mentioned there real quickly, um, People look at that like wanting to become like God, right? Yeah. But it's not even true because in the Bible it does say we are put here to be stewards of the earth. Like we are here to be stewards of the we earth. Were we are put here in charge. to be put in charge of everything beneath us. There's a reason why we are the apex predators, the apex animals here on earth is because we get to, we have the minds, we have the ability to pick and choose and kind of be, like, be familiar with every, all of our surroundings and mm-hmm. figure out like, okay, this this type of animal is suffering, so let's, let's focus move on those that up, and yep. try to preserve them while we do other things, you know, it's like, it's, and it's, they, it's and a huge misconception that the anti, use of the antis, they think they're doing the right thing and, you know, God bless them, but at the same time, like, they're not, they're ignorant, no, they're not they don't ignorant. understand, and yeah. they think they're doing the right thing and saving the animals, but in reality, you're, you're hurting the animals, because at the end of the day, it's like, like you said, they... The private landowners, it's their land. They can do what they want with it. But think about this gonna, for a second. They're going to take what's most profitable. And if if hunting wild game and the wild animals mm-hmm. and waiting for them to become mature, because yeah, that's the biggest thing. Time, you guys right? all wait right. for them to become mature. Yeah. Not, we're not out here shooting dinks. Like, we're out here you're shooting, shooting Bambi. Yeah. fucking animals. It's like you're not out here. Well, like, imagine this. Let them become mature and then 
if that's not profitable, then you're going to wipe them out and put what's profitable on your on, land. On your sure. land, yeah. Imagine, like, that group of people, the antis, they're so passionate about something they've done no research on. No, Absolutely. how fucking stupid! It's the well, same. It's the same with the, it's the same with the anti-gun lobby. Like the it's gun, the same it's shit. It's the yeah. same mm-hmm. shit. Like they don't yeah. know what the fuck is going on. Like, half of them don't even own guns. They don't get it, and they're ignorant. They look at one piece of the puzzle and say, "I don't like that." Fucking trash the whole puzzle piece. Yeah, yeah it's right. never going to come out to be a masterpiece. No matter how many pieces. Well, and that, that saying that too, like I mean, besides taking care of the land and everything, I mean, like look at the people around here that we have working with us. This. On our trip, like, with Stuart, the PHs, the cooks, I mean, you can tell everyone loves their job here. Yeah, that's cool. We've all been in jobs that we hate, and, like, we, hate. we just do it because to make a paycheck. Yeah. But these people here love their jobs. I mean, these it's PHs cool. go to college for three years? Yeah. Three years to become professional hunter to be able to take us out, you know? <laughs> Nerds. Nerds. <laughs> Hunting nerds. Hunting nerds. We're all hunting nerds, pretty much. But well, they're actually educated hunting. But nerds. not not to beat that whole thing to death. I just felt like that was worthy of covering. You know, oh, it's yeah, like, absolutely. and you real you learn like you realize it so quickly when you get here. You're like, there's so many animals and so many good quality animals because the program you guys are on is fucking working, mm-hmm. and you got people trying to ruin it. Mm-hmm. Right, and then that's going to result to no more animals. So, antis, somehow, if you hear this on a hunting podcast, you probably won't. But hopefully someone listening knows that uh, vegan whatever chick they went to high school with or college, send this to her and tell her just listen to the whole thing and hear us out. So, <laughs> wake the fuck up, bitch. It's time It's time to go. A vegan lesbian dance theory major. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a coexist bumper sticker on her Subaru. Yeah. This, is, this podcast is for you. Yeah, and, and no vegan has won an Olympic game yet. So, <laughs> is that a fact? It probably is. Yeah, I've never met a vegan. I couldn't eat up. Even a ve- <laughs> or even a vegetarian. Yeah. Jacob, you haven't met many carnivores that you couldn't beat up either. <laughs> All right, <laughs> hey, fair, gentle fair, giant. Fair. But we're glad you're on our team. <laughs> well, we've had a blast. Should we catch up to speed where we're at on the trip? Now yeah. that we talked a little conservation, try to be serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we're, I don't know how many Castle Lights I've drank today, Stuart. We've had a good day. Guys, I'm sorry for the abrupt end into this podcast, but what we're going to do, uh, we, we recorded a little bit longer. We got cut short uh, just because things get wanted to get cleaned up. But what we decided to do, because we got rushed on the end, next week's episode has all of the hunt stories and more of the details and stuff in that. So we want to give you guys a little flavor of what camp was like and how much fun we were having. Uh, next week is going to be a really long podcast that goes through a lot of it. So we hope to see you on, I guess, what I call the part two of the WCB South African hunting camp. So thanks for being here. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you.